It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 991 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, July the 26th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors as well. Also, just a heads up, this week on the Locked On Network, we're doing the biggest thing we've ever done, period. On Thursday, we're doing a live draft show from the WFAA television studios down in Dallas, Texas. It'll be hosted by John Corrales, our pal from over on Locked on Celtics. Joining him on the panel will be Chad Ford from Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. And of course, our pal Raphael Barlow, who's been a frequent guest of this podcast in the lead up to the draft from Locked on NBA Draft. It's going to be awesome. The local hosts are going to pop in. There'll be expert opinions chimed in as well. And it's going to be an excellent alternative to the typical draft show where... I don't know, I got nothing against Bobby Marks, but watching Bobby Marks in front of a board awkwardly do salary cap machinations, not really my thing, uh, and you kind of don't really get great analysis on these things, On the, the yeah, sure, Mike Schmitz is nice, and Jonathan Gavoni's all good and all that, but everything else kind of stinks, and our draft show is going to be the best one, I really, really am fully confident in this, it's going to be awesome, and you can watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube page, you can also tune into it on the Odyssey app, uh, and on Roku and Fire TV and stuff like that in the States, maybe in Canada, but I'm pretty sure it'll be American exclusive, but YouTube will be available everywhere. And it's going to be fantastic. I'll be appearing on it as well around when the Raptors make the pick at number four. It's going to be great. So please uh, get ready to watch that. Go subscribe to the Locked On NBA YouTube page so you can just go right there and get it fired up on Thursday night for the draft. It's going to be fantastic. Again, the biggest production we've ever put on. I've been in the planning meetings for it. It's going to be really freaking impressive. So go and watch that on Thursday night. All right. On today's show, it's just me, uh, our pal Big V, usually here on Mondays, is busy on Olympic duty right now, so uh, instead of Big V Monday, we're going to do Mailbag Monday, and honestly, this might become a two-part mailbag because I got a ton of questions. This is going to be the last mailbag before we get to the draft on Thursday, and there's a lot to sort through. Lots of rumors from Jared Allen to Ben Simmons to Pascal Siakam, like it's all over the place. I'm a person who uh, can't stand rumors in the offseason. This part of the season is so annoying. You get people uh, pretending to be insiders. You get people spewing agent texts and acting as though that's some sort of fact. It's a tough time, so we'll try to sort through it all here on the Mailbag episode. Uh, Also coming up later in the week, 
William Liu's going to join the podcast. Our pal Will, he hasn't been along in a long time. Uh, you know, going back to like the first year of the podcast, we used to record podcasts in my kitchen. He would come over, we would eat ice cream, he would make fun of my fridge contents, and it was a fantastic time. So Will Liu's going to come on later this week, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not sure when I'll drop that one, but the mailbag will be a two-parter as well. It's either going to go mailbag, Will, mailbag, or mailbag, mailbag, Will. So I'll figure that out as the week goes on here. But... Let's get to your questions, shall we? We have a lot that came in here. I apologize to anyone whose question I don't get to um, because, look, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, th- there's a, a lot of repeat questions, lots of topics that everyone seems to be intrigued by. And so, yeah, apologies for if I don't get to your question. I'll try to shout out everybody who asks similar questions in the same vein, but no promises because I have a goldfish brain. Either way, let's try to get through these, and thanks to everyone who sent them in. Again, this will be a two-parter most likely. Let's start with the most recent stuff. Jared Allen uh, is a topic of conversation right now. He was brought up in a Shams Charania piece. It was mostly a Bradley Beal piece about him kind of being on the fence over whether or not he wants to stay in Washington. We can get to that later this week as well, probably with Will regarding Bradley Beal if uh, maybe that's something to potentially dangle the fourth pick for. But Jared Allen is the sort of topic du jour. He was mentioned as someone who the Raptors would target potentially in restricted free agency. Apparently, they've tried to trade for him in the past as well, per Shams. And look, this one makes a lot of sense. We've done a podcast about this in the past. We talked to uh, the Cavs guys, Evan and Chris, a couple weeks back about the potential of the Raptors trying to go after a, uh, a guy like Jared Allen. So, you know, this is an interesting one. Let's, uh, there's lots of different variations of the same Jarrett Allen questions, so let's try to find a good one here. Um, you know, thank you to, I, I, God, there's like four people who sent them in. Uh, but let's say thank you to the real Reese who sent this one, and it was his only question, so here we go. Um, concerning the Raps Jarrett Allen rumors, thoughts, what would you have to put on the table? First of all, you wouldn't have to put anything on the table other than money. He's a restricted free agent. He would just be an offer sheet. Obviously, signing an offer sheet comes with certain trade-offs. You kind of freeze up your cap space during the time, and so you're kind of at the mercy of the Cavaliers in that situation. And if you deem Jarrett Allen as the use for your cap space, and you throw a big offer sheet at him, that cap space is tied up until it's resolved. And so you could, you know, in theory, throw an offer sheet to the Cavs. Maybe the Cavs don't want to match it, but maybe they take the full seven days or whatever number of days it is. I think it's seven days in the NHL, maybe three days in the NBA. Either way, they could take that entire time and in that time, your other targets could potentially be pried away from the market. I'm thinking, for example, Rashawn Holmes, who is an unrestricted free agent, does not require an offer sheet. And I'm thinking of a situation where you throw some money at the Cavs and maybe they take the full time to match it. And in the meantime, some other team snaps up Rashawn Holmes, the Hornets or something, throw their cap space at him. And then you don't get Jared Allen because the Cavs have matched and they kind of toyed with you and took as long as they could to match. And then you end up with uh, no backup option because Rashawn Holmes is off the market. It's It's a tricky, risky game to play. And that's why you kind of have to go with a big offer if you're going to make it worth your while. Um, You know, we've seen this in the past. You know, some teams will throw very bizarre sort of ascending or descending contracts that really kind of mess with the cap books for future years for teams. Um, You know, weird trade kickers and stuff like that. And, you know, I think Tyler Johnson was an example of this, like a super bizarre offer that the Nets threw at the Heat for him. The Heat, I believe, ended up matching, but it was a very difficult match to, to sort of do. I think the same happened with Otto Porter when the Nets tried to sign 
Ryan Otter Porter away from the Wizards, and that ended up being a pretty albatross contract for the Wizards as well. You know, injury played part there, but that's certainly a risk. And so, yeah, you could pony up an enormous offer for Allen, and I think it's worth it. I think Jared Allen is one of the top targets the Raptors should have in mind this offseason. If I'm ranking my favorite potential center options, if the Raptors are going to use their cap space to sign Allen, which of course requires Kyle Lowry to not be on the team or requires him to take like a minimum deal to stick around, which it ain't going to happen, um, you know, th- then the three options that I think are the best ones are John Collins. He's number one for me. If you can pry him away from Atlanta, my God, do it. John Collins rocks and a John Collins, O'Jan and Obi Pascal Siakam front court would be be a true delight, both offensively and defensively, I think. And then after that, you know, Allen and Holmes is kind of a pick your flavor type of thing. I think I prefer Allen in a vacuum just as a player because the rim protection is very real. I do have some red flags about the Kings being the worst defense almost in history last season with Rashawn Holmes playing the lion's share of the minutes at the five. Obviously, other issues on that team defensively. Buddy Heald, not so good. Um, you know, you got a rookie in Tyrese Halliburton playing a lot of minutes, even though I think he's going to be a good defender one day. Uh, but, you know, the fact that Rashawn Holmes was the backstop of that defense does give me a little bit of pause even though his offense is delightful and his push shot is unstoppable there's lots to like with Rashawn Holmes um and so that's the kind of reason why I go back to Jared Allen is because I think Allen's defense plays a little bit better and I think he can offer a similar sort of offensive punch even if it's not that push shot it's more of a sort of vertical threat a lob threat that you know guys can connect with I'm thinking of a potential, you know, Jalen Suggs, Jared Allen alley-oop connection. Jalen Suggs is a great passer. Allen's huge and can kind of space vertically a little bit. Something the Raptors haven't really had in a very long time, if ever, is a really good vertical lob threat. And so, yeah, Allen, I think in a vacuum, I would take over Holmes. But because Holmes is a UFA and probably profiles to be a little bit cheaper because he's a UFA and because you'd have to throw a pretty prohibitive offer at Allen to get the Cavs to pass on it, I think I'd probably put Holmes just ahead of Allen for those reasons. Yes, the defense still concerns me, but the offense would be a really nice injection, and you would think that his defense couldn't be any worse than like Aaron Baines was last year, for example, and he offers you a whole bunch more on the offensive end. You surround him with Van Vliet, Jalen Suggs, if he's the pick, uh, and an OBC Occam, and maybe you can insulate him a little bit. I I think the infrastructure is there to be a pretty good defensive team, even with Rashawn Holmes as your center. So while I think Allen's a better player and I would rather have him around, I think Holmes, just in terms of free agent targets, would be just a little bit ahead of Allen for me just because of that very factor. The fact that the restricted free agency thing is such a dangerous game to play and you can really screw up your entire offseason with a offer sheet that does not get matched and then you kind of put it in the Cavs court to screw with you and make things difficult on you. Um you know, and just in terms of like thoughts on Allen as a potential target too, I think it's not surprising to hear that come out, right? Like I think, it, you know, the centers are going to be all rumored to the Raptors at some point here. You know, it seems like Kyle Lowry is trending towards being out the door. And if that's the case, I really do think, you know, that the, the best use for that cap space is going to be on a center. Of course, things can change, too. If the Raptors end up getting Evan Mobley in the draft somehow, whether it's a trade up, whether it's, you know, just some sort of smoke screening that the other teams have been doing to, you know, I don't know, muddy the water and maybe Suggs goes two, for example, and then Jalen Green goes to the Rockets at three. You know, there's lots of different ways this could go. 
you know, I, I'm not really sort of penciling in anything just yet to what the draft order is going to be, even though it kind of feels preordained one, two, three, four. Um, you know, things can change, obviously. But I think if the Raptors are going to get Suggs in the draft, then the center position becomes the place you want to throw that money. And Allen makes a lot of sense. So I'm not I'm not against it. I, I you know I don't want to sound too like against the idea of an offer sheet. I just think, you know, the, the Cavs, the rumors have been out there that they want to pair Allen with Mobley potentially in a three in a four five combination. And if that's their inclination, then they're probably going to be willing to match up pretty high on Jared Allen. And, you know, in, in terms of like the number I would go to, that was another question that came in as well. I'm trying to see who that came from. Um, God, there's a lot of questions. But I think, uh, you know, for me, Craig Edmonds asked this about, you know, what's the sort of number you'd walk away on Allen from? And, you know, 20 million or so is what he kind of threw out there. 20 million or less is a reasonable number. I think if you're going to get Allen, you probably got to go up to like 22, use most of your available cap space and probably throw in some weird stipulations on that deal as well. Trade kickers, things to make it difficult and unpalatable for the Cavs to match. And if you do that, you might get them. But yeah, I think I'd be a little bit more comfortable with like an 18 to 20 deal. It's, you know, he's still a kind of limited offensive player as it stands right now. He's still very young. He's like 22. There's plenty of growth to be done there by Jared Allen. But I think, um, you know, it's a risky proposition for sure. And I think the Rashawn Holmes thing, while he's much older than Jared Allen, I think he's like six years older. He's going to be 28 this season. There's certainly some risk baked in there. I think because the RFA game is such a difficult one to play in, um, you know, you're probably getting homes for a little bit less, probably like 16 to 18, I would guess. And, you know, maybe that fits a little bit better. That said, you know, Allen's younger. Maybe you project him forward a little bit more. I think he's going to be a better player than Holmes three years from now. And maybe that's worth the extra investment at the 22 or 23 million it might take to prime away with an offer sheet. Uh, we'll get some more questions uh, coming up. I want to get to some rumors about who the Raptors might take at number four in the draft. And, you know, Scotty Barnes, is he around there? Jonathan Kaminga, all that. We'll get to that in a second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. If you are a person, for example, who's going to be watching the draft on Thursday night and want to power yourself through the many, many hours of rumors and draft picks and prospect talk and teenager analysis then I highly recommend a Built Bar. It's delicious and it powers you through, and it makes you feel like you're cheating when you're really, really not. It tastes like a chocolate bar, but it is just a protein bar that really kind of gives you all the stuff you need. Most flavors have 17 to 18 grams of protein, and of course, calorie, calories ranging from 130 to just 180, just 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Some of the best ones include mint brownie, cherry barcia, strawberries in there as well. Go and get yourself a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors and test them out for yourself. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's continue on here with some of your questions that came in via the mailbag. Uh, this one comes from Matthew underscore Raptors. Hey, Sean, what do you think about the Scotty Barnes rumors? In Barnes's workout, the Raptors apparently had them sh- had him shoot a lot. Makes me think they're really considering him. Um, look, 
I don't really know how to feel about this Scotty Barnes thing. You know, I'm going to loop this in with another question from John Smith. Based on your opinion, who do you think the Raptors will draft fourth draft fourth overall? Do you prefer Suggs or Barnes? I prefer Suggs. Uh, I plainly prefer Suggs. I think while it's not always the best idea to draft for positional need, I think in this case, it kind of makes a lot of sense. You have Kyle Lowry going out the door. You need to hand the keys of the backcourt over to somebody. I don't think anyone views Gary Trent Jr. as like a can't-miss, you know, two-guard of the future next to Fred Van Vliet. I think ideally he's like a high-scoring, you know, come-in microwave-score type big, uh, you know, bench option. And I think Jalen Suggs just kind of fits the Raptors' profile a lot. The dude wins games. The dude plays his ass off. The dude is an incredible defender for his position. The dude is a great passer. Like, there's a lot to really like about Jalen Suggs. I've talked myself deeply into him. I think he would be a wonderful culture fit. And I just think a wonderful on-court fit as well. You could ease him into the top ball handling duties as well. You know, we spoke last week with PD Webb, and maybe there's some concerns of whether or not he's going to be a clear number one ball handler in his career. I think, you know, the best way to kind of get him into that mode is to you know, ease him into it. Don't force everything from day one. Don't put him in disadvantageous positions from day one. Let him ease in as like an off-ball creator. You know, be the two guard. You know, work off of Siakam and Van Vliet. Run the offense sometimes with second units. Run the offense with the starter sometimes. It doesn't always have to be him off-ball, but... I just think there's lots of ways you can mix Suggs in, and I just love the fit. I, I really do, and I know best player available is the way to go, but he might also just be the best player available. And if you're talking about right now, at number four, if Mobley, Green, and Cunningham are off the board, Suggs probably is the best player right now. There's going to be development that needs to be done on a Barnes or a Kaminga, and while the Raptors development staff is very good, there's no guarantees when you're trying to move along a guy like like Scotty Barnes who just can't score right now. There's no scoring in Barnes's repertoire at the moment. He's not good around the rim, did not finish terribly well around the rim, can't shoot at all right now, and it's going to take some time to build him up into the player that maybe the Raptors think he can be. I just think you take the safe pick here with Suggs. You're not going to be in the lottery for a long time. And I don't think Suggs is like a low floor type or low ceiling type pick either. I think there is a high ceiling there. He's got incredible athleticism. He just seems like a gamer. Like there is a ceiling to mine there too. I just, I get really, really anxious thinking about this, this number four pick sometimes. Cause like Suggs feels like the easy one. And look, I'm stupid. I'm not the the Raptors front office. I, I'm not as smart as they are. I just, to me, getting a guy who can help you score the ball more than you have in the last couple of years is job number one right now. And I don't think Barnes or Kaminga are going to do that from day one. They may never do that. Like Barnes in particular may never do that. And I, I just, I, I can't talk myself into Barnes at number four. If you are going to take Barnes, if you are just so infatuated with Barnes, then you trade down. I think that's the the thing here. Like if they're trading down at a four, they go to five or six or whatever it is, make a deal with OKC or Orlando, then I can get on board with that. But I really, really don't think you use the fourth pick on a guy who is going to need so much development. And as I've talked about, the timeline matters here for the Raptors. They have this core locked in. They need to maximize these next few years. And if they're going to take Barnes, that kind of gives me a bit of pause as to what they actually think the next few years are going to look like. Do they actually 
want to go forward with this core? Do they want to sort of, you know, run it back in, into sort of more of a development sti- developmental style sort of team? Like I, that, that it kind of changes the outlook for me if they're going to go for a guy like Barnes who's going to need two, three, four years to sort of work on his flaws and become a more well-rounded player who you can really count on. I just, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm fully in on Suggs, I think, if he's there at four. You know, we can talk about the trading up options as well. We will do that in the final segment. But I, I just think if you're at four, you're not trading down. Suggs is the pick, and he fits. It just feels like one of those things that you could really easily overthink and say, oh, but Barnes, he's so long and tall and passes so well, and Kaminga's got all this potential, and at one point was the number one guy in the class. And it's just like... Take the dude who's very clearly going to be on teams that win a lot. I don't know. <laughs> like it's, it, it really does feel like it should not be that difficult. And obviously, they're going to do their due diligence. And I'm not surprised that the Raptors aren't exactly subscribing to the belief that this is just a four-player draft. And I'm glad they're doing their due diligence. I just really hope their due diligence comes around to Jalen Suggs is the pick at four. Will I be like, you know, totally upset and angry and throwing stuff at the wall if they take Barnes at four? No, because again, they're smarter than I am. They know what they're doing. I totally get it. And I'm sure there's a plan there. I just feel like the vision that I would like to see for the team, which is be good again next year, come back to Toronto, have a solid team, play a lineup with 10 good players basically at all times, and just kind of be good again. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they're not, they're, I mean, they're certainly not a title contender next season if they take Suggs and run it back mostly, you know, we throw in a center or whatever it is. Like, they're not a title contender, but there's a lot of value in being a good team. We saw how miserable a crap team was this past season. If you can be in that, like, five, six, sort of seven seed in the Eastern Conference, I think there's value to that, especially if you've got young guys on the team that you're trying to season up a little bit more. I just I'm fully a believer that tanking is silly and you know if you don't have to tank if the circumstances suggest that you don't need to be that then I would rather see them just be good and I think you know Suggs coming into the team next year ensures that they're going to be a pretty good team and that they're going to run out of a lineup with a lot of good players and that is a pretty good developmental environment as well for a guy like Jalen Suggs for any first round pick any high pick coming into a team where there's just like structure and order and everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing and define roles I think that's really valuable and I think we see all the time that situation is an important thing and and I just think the situation for Suggs is so perfect and ideal that I would just freaking draft Jalen Suggs I don't know (laughs) again I, I I get the Barnes thing I totally do I just for the vision I want of the team that you know guarantees that they're pretty good again next season Suggs is the pick for me and I'm gonna lean on that and look maybe Mobley's there maybe Green's there if that's the case then things change any one of those three guys with the Raptors at four is the pick for me whoever's available dipping down again I think if you're not trading down it's kind of a mismanagement of the asset honestly like Barnes is not the top four guy in this draft and if you really really want him trade down with the magic or the or the thunder and get your guy later I, I just think that's the move um, boy, uh, there's a lot more to get into here, uh, in terms of questions from the listeners. Uh, this is again, going to be a two part mailbag podcast. So bear with me if I didn't get to your question today. Uh, we're gonna get some more trade stuff in the next, uh, segment and get into some questions regarding trading up, trading down, whatever it might look like. We'll get to that in one second here. But first want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at betonline. The Blue Jays are kind of, 
spinning their wheels right now, but I still think there's a good run in them there somewhere. They're very good. Their offense is nuts, and George Springer's making insane catches in center field and hitting dingers every day. I highly recommend you throw some money on the Blue Jays to do some stuff down the stretch. If you can, if you want to do that, go to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. Be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that 50% welcome bonus. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, uh, sorting through the list of questions here, there's a few about trading up with the Cavs for number three. There's a couple about trading down, so we'll hit those questions today. If you did not get your question answered, it will be answered in part two of the mailbag, uh, likely to drop on Wednesday. Yeah, because the Will Lose podcast is probably going to be Tuesday. We'll do the second part of the mailbag Wednesday. Uh, let's get to the last couple questions here regarding trading up. Uh, this one comes from Brendan Thompson. Trade possibilities in the draft. What would it cost to move up to three? And what could you get if you traded down a few spots? There's a couple more questions in this sort of range. Brendan asks, you know, would Orlando be willing to give up something like five plus eight for four? Could you get six and extra picks from OKC? Let's hit on this one first. Let's hit on trading down. We'll get to the trading up thing in a second, uh, but we'll get on trading down because that was kind of where I left the last segment off. If Scotty Barnes is the pick, if Jonathan Kaminga is the pick, I think trading down is the move for sure. Um, and hey, maybe you have a situation where one of these teams trades up to get Scotty Barnes and you get Jalen Suggs at five anyway. Wouldn't that be fun? Um so here, and that could be it. Maybe the Raptors are sort of spooking either the magic or the thunder and that they're not going to get Scotty Barnes or Kaminga where they pick. And maybe that's what they're trying to do and solicit extra picks. Who's the, Who the hell knows? It's all very ethereal and none of it makes sense. We don't know who's leaking what. And we know for sure the Raptors aren't leaking shit. So it's, uh, it's hard to discern exactly what to believe here. But on the topic of the magic, so the magic have picks five and eight. And in theory, Jalen Suggs would be a nice piece for them at number four. They have a lot of wings. They have all of the wings or the, the forwards who are tall and long and good at defense who can't shoot. Getting a point guard to kind of organize everything. I know Markel Fultz is there. I know Cole Anthony's there. But Jalen Suggs is, you know, you don't say no to Jalen Suggs just because you have Cole Anthony or Markel Fultz. And so maybe that's the move for Orlando. I kind of honestly don't really view Orlando as a team that needs to push to move up. Yes, Suggs would be nice, but also they're so early in their rebuild that spending extra assets to move up kind of feels like a silly idea if you're the Magic right now. Just kind of take who you get and then hope you can run it back and be bad again next season and get a high pick next year. It's all kind of a long game here for Orlando. But if they really view Suggs as their guy or they really, really like want to ensure they get Scotty Barnes at four, then yeah, maybe Orlando's willing to move up. I, I think... You have to throw out this notion that five plus eight is going to be what Orlando throws in for number four because of what I just said. This is a rebuilding team. This is a team that's very early in its new rebuild after getting rid of all of its dudes this past season. They are not incentivized to move on from two top eight picks to get one pick higher than the pick they already have. That seems very silly if you're Orlando. And yes, Orlando's done some dumb things in the history of their team, but I just don't see this being something that they would pay five. That's such a premium five plus eight for four. 
if you're being realistic, it's maybe five plus 33 to move up to four. They have the 33rd overall pick in the second round. That's the one that you're sort of circling. They're not going to give you both of those top 10 picks to move up to four. It just does not make any sense from an asset management perspective, from a team building perspective, from a being early in your rebuild perspective. This is not a team that's one piece away, that's one the guy away from becoming a contender again. This is a team that has nothing really in the cupboard and they have to restock it all. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty tough to get five plus eight out of them for number four, unless they're super duper desperate and view Jalen Suggs as the second coming of Magic Johnson, which I don't think anybody does, then I don't think you're doing that. So yeah, five plus 33 is probably the one there if you are going to make a deal with the Magic, and that would be a totally fine trade. You get three second round picks. If you move down, you get Scotty Barnes or whoever you want at five then that's totally fine if you're the Raptors. Again, I think that kind of suggests something different about what they think the arc of the team is going to be here, and maybe you look at some rebuild-type trades and some reset-type trades in the future if the Raptors are going to do that, but I don't really view that as being terribly likely. The other team here with trading down is the Thunder. Uh, They're at number six right now. They got the crappy luck in the lottery, which is beautiful because they deserve no good luck in the lottery. The lottery gods uh, smited them this year, and that was fantastic. Um, But they do have a ton of extra picks. As we know, they have picks for days and years and months and decades and for the rest of eternity coming from the Rockets and from the Clippers. And so, yeah, I I think maybe you could get a couple extra picks out of OKC if they're really desperate. And look, this is a, a team that clearly lined itself up for this year's draft to get high in the lottery. They got bad luck, and maybe they're willing to move on from some stuff. I've talked about them, of course, as a team that I'd really like to try to price Shea Gildas-Alexander from. If you could do four plus like a couple extra future firsts, I would do that in a heartbeat because Shea is legit and would be a wonderful fit on this team. Like just a perfect glove-like fit on the Raptors. I think that'd be amazing. If you can maybe get Sam Presti to to give him up because he doesn't want to pay him right now, then that's the move. I just it seems idiotic for the Thunder to do that. So I don't predict that to be a thing that happens, even though it's been mentioned in a couple channels. I know Kevin Pelton brought it up on an ESPN Insider piece. Um, again, all just speculation. None of it's reported. None of it's anything. It's all just you know, oh, this guy could match with this guy, and then there we go. There's a trade. It's just it's trade machine shit. But I, I think. The more realistic thing from the Thunder, if you are going to make a trade with them, is you get six and you get a couple extra picks down the line from them. My sort of hang up on that is, you know, we've talked about how this is a four player draft. And also we've talked a little bit about how that logic it does is not really hold up to every team. And every team has their own view of how many players are in a draft. And your own circumstance kind of changes the number of players in a draft that you might want to throw into your mix. I kind of think with the Raptors, those two, three, four guys are the ones you want to slot in fit-wise and talent-wise, but maybe they view themselves as a team that can move Jonathan Kaminka from where he is now into some sort of superstar two, three, four, five years from now, and maybe they want to move down to six. In that case, yeah, like the Thunder would give up six and probably a couple extra future picks, but like... How exciting are those future picks? Are they giving you OKC picks? Are they giving you their own pick in, you know, a year or two from now? Or are they giving you Rockets and Clippers picks? You know, the Rockets picks might be pretty good. Obviously, the Rockets stink, but they're mostly pick swaps, if I recall, and they're largely protected, if I recall, as well. You know, so maybe you're, you know, not so thrilled about those Rockets picks. The Clippers picks, I mean, who the hell knows? If you could get next year's Clippers pick, that's kind of a decent little flyer. If Kawhi Leonard doesn't play, maybe that's a higher pick than you expect. But even then, like, they're not missing the playoffs, I would assume. Like, they're still going to be, you know, in the mix there, potentially. Maybe not. Who's to say? I, I don't really know. But 
you know, you'd have to sort of hold OKC over the barrel. And they're kind of in the position where you could, right? Like, they are upset, surely, after not getting lottery luck this season, after tanking away the season to do so in a draft that has a lot of talent at the top. And they did not get into that top part. So maybe you can get two extra picks. And maybe this is what OKC amasses all these picks for, is you can throw more than maybe is necessary into deals to get the guys you absolutely want. And so... I could see that being a move for them. If they really want Jalen Suggs at four, they want to pair Suggs with a backcourt of Shea Gilgis Alexander and have Lou Dort on the wings. That's some pretty interesting stuff for sure. That's a good team. That's a good defensive team. Like that's going to be exciting in a couple years. Maybe you could get OKC to pass along a couple extra picks. But for me, I would just rather for the Raptors in their one, presumably one sort of trip into the high lottery here just take the dude who's there. I don't know. I I just, I continue to come back to what's the point of trading out of the pick that you were just so very, very happy to get for some sort of future questionable picks that, you know, maybe are going to be something and maybe won't be anything. Um, the next sort of angle to this is, of course, the Cavaliers angle. We got DePaul131 and Jordan David Bell asked questions about this. Um, the price to move down to number three, if the price was, this was from DePaul, uh, if the price to move down, move up to number three was swapping number four and taking on Kevin Love's contract plus trading 47. Would you do it? So this is number three and Kevin Love for number four and number 47. I mean, Kevin Love's contract is large. It's prohibitive. It's going to eat up a ton of the salary cap. And there's not really an easy place to slot him in on the roster. Yes, I suppose you could just play him at center and, you know, have a nice spacing option there, but your defense is going to suffer from that. You know, the Raptors defense really only works when you have a center who can kind of play into it, and Kevin Love cannot do that right now. Do I think the offensive issues would be kind of fixed a little bit? Yeah, kind of. And it is just two more years of Kevin Love. He's going to be 34 when the contract is over. He makes $31 million this coming season and 29 the following year. That's a lot to take on and probably is going to put you into the tax, maybe make it difficult to bring back Gary Trent Jr. at the number you want. Like, it, it kind of complicates things very severely. And so, yeah, I probably err on the side of you don't do that and you just take number four. If you can make a different trade with the Cavs, then sure, it, that doesn't really involve players coming back. But I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> it's a That's a tricky one to manage. It's a really expensive team. Your front court is going to cost you like $60 million combined between Love and Pascal Siakam. $66 million, I guess, in that first year. Um, OG's going to be paid this season. Fred's going to get paid this season. You know, you'll be bringing in... Of course, Evan Mobley, but then in that situation, you're sitting there with Mobley, Love, Siakam all in your front court, and then where's Mobley playing? Is that the proper sort of way to develop Mobley? Maybe there's a third team you could flip Kevin Love to. Maybe that opens up a Pascal Siakam trade if you really feel like you're down on Pascal Siakam and want to go forward with a you know, Mobley Love front court, I guess, but that seems like a pretty big gamble to make, and I just I don't really see that being the move. I, I don't think they're going to take on a bad contract in order to move up one spot. I think there's plenty to be excited about at number four, and, you know, the, the Suggs maybe isn't Mobley in terms of, like, this guy very clearly is going to be, like, an all, all-world all defender and potentially win defensive players of the year down the line, but Suggs has a lot to offer as well, and I don't think the Love contract is worth taking on in that situation. If you are making a trade with Cleveland to just try to move up to three, there's no love involved. It's just picks. Like uh, This one comes from Jordan David Bell. What do you think it would take to get the number three pick off Cleveland? Do you think Cleveland is locked in? 
look, it feels like Cleveland's kind of locked in. You know, people I've talked to sort of around the Cavs beat, you know, they seem to think like they're just infatuated with Mobley and they're just going to take Mobley and be done with it. And that's totally uh, understandable because Mobley seems like he's pretty rad. Um, you know, there's talk of the Mobley-Allen pairing and stuff like that. He just seems to fit that team really nicely. You have sort of defense, light guards and Sexton and Garland. You've got Isaac Okora on the wings. Like, there's a pr- pretty interesting collection of dudes coming together on that team if you take Evan Mobley. So I can't begrudge them if they are locked in. If you're going to do it, you have to probably blow Cleveland's socks off, right? Like, Or offer them some sort of move that helps them expedite their rebuild, which I don't think is really there for the Raptors to offer, you know? I think that kind of deals like a Ben Simmons type thing where, okay, Simmons is an established guy. He's a good defender. He can come in and just be, you know, a guy, again, who kind of accelerates things along. I don't think the Raptors have that to offer. You know, they could potentially throw in like a Fred Van lead or something like that to stabilize things. But I just, I don't really think either side would be all that enthused to do that. And, you know, I think the way you move up is you just kind of blow Cleveland's socks off with future assets, right? It's like, all right, we'll move up. We will, you know, we'll take three and we'll give you four plus one of our second rounders plus a couple lightly protected, like top five protected first down the line. And then maybe that gets it done. But I, I just, Cleveland really seems from everyone I've talked to who covers that team and is in the know really seems like Mobley's going to be the guy and it's going to take a lot to move him off that stance. And that's totally fine. You know, you don't have to expend future capital to move up one spot. And as I've kind of pointed out, the Raptors development staff is good enough that you could talk yourself into whoever lands with them at four being the best player of that two, three, four sort of triumvirate that we're talking about. So I don't think there's a lot of need for the Raptors to push it. Yes, Mobley's awesome. Yes, last week on the podcast with PD Webb, I had a physical reaction listening to him talk about Evan Mobley play defense. It's very real. He seems awesome, but I uh, I don't think I can really get to that with uh, you know with with, with like what it's going to take to move up to three at this point. If Cleveland's locked in. I don't know if it's worth the squeeze, honestly. Um, that's going to do it for today's podcast. we got a lot more questions that came in, um, some sort of Raptors historical stuff in the draft we'll get to, uh, ideal Raptors offseason scenarios. In fact, we're probably just going to take that and turn that into the podcast with Will Lou. honestly. We're just going to dig into the Raptors offseason and all that could come from it and what we want to see out of it as the draft draws near. Um, so that will probably be covered off there, but lots of other questions we'll get to. And if you have a question, if you're listening to this podcast and a question has not been asked and you want to ask one, please shoot it my way. Uh, follow me on Twitter, shoot me it on the, uh, the, the tweet prompt I did looking for questions and I will gladly answer it on the second part of the mailbag on Wednesday after we chat with Will tomorrow. So that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much to everyone who did send in questions. We will talk to you again on Tuesday. Please uh, subscribe to, rate, review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's very appreciated. Word of mouth, all that stuff. It's been a good month for the show. Lots of people tuning in. It's very much appreciated. Um, we, uh, we 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 love you very, very much. And uh, the podcast only exists because people listen to it, and I'm very thankful. Um, well, we're going to have this week covered off, of course, very well. So much so that on Thursday, I will be in a hotel room in Halifax covering the draft for you because i love you that much and i will be taking the first night of my vacation to cover the draft uh blame the the swoop flights that only fly on thursdays i guess uh but that's gonna be later in the week uh you know we'll have you covered all the way through so thank you so much we'll talk to you again on tuesday with another episode of locked on raptors with william lou bye-bye
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.